When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. We are at the eve of Crown Jewel, or as we call it, Alex... Sands of Time! Head over to shop.fightful.com, get that sweet merch. Speaking of merch, on this October 30th, Alex, you got some new merch. I got merch. And once they, the, the first you get the, the money, then you get the power, then you get the merch, then you get the women. I'm already married, so after <laughs> that, the world is mine, man. Next stop, world domination. We are also joined by the ghost of Warren Hayes. We've been talking about how he died long ago. I'm glad you finally embraced it, Warren. Yeah, you know, at some point you just have to, you have to embrace your identity, you know, just accept who you are and move on, you know, despite the fact that it's an unending meme, you just, at some point you're just like, okay, well, I'm I'm just going to go with it. This has absolutely nothing to do with Halloween. I see you taking some inspiration from Shorty G, just accepting who you are. Next, you'll be dressed in like a basketball player. Exactly. Uh, you can call me Ghosty W. <laughs> I have long hair and an oversized sweatshirt. I am dressed as a Visco girl for those asking. Uh, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe to this channel. Hey, if you want to have your question or comment read on the air, how about you donate a little super chat? That'll that'll get it done. But hey. I do a Q&A every two weeks, uh, audio form on FightfulSelect.com where you can ask as many questions as you want if you subscribe. I've been doing some text Q&As as well so you guys can submit questions there. But Alex is there twice a week doing sour graps. And I told Jimmy today, Alex, what I like is there are shows that pretend they are objective but just <laughs> crap on everything. I don't really respect that. What I respect is somebody going in and saying, I'm not objective. And I'm going yeah. to crap on everything. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, we're here to talk about AEW. We're here to talk about NXT. Warren, which one you got tonight? A-dubs. AEW. Alex has NXT. AEW led off with the uh, tag team championship match. I think it's uh, fitting that we start with that. Kristen Ashley says, great... <laughs> <laughs> Great Casper the fuckboy ghost costume. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Oh, man. It's like we're going to get demonetized, but it's worth it. Plus, she paid for us to be demonetized. So There you uh, go. That's all right. You get what you get. You get what you get. Uh, Michael Morgan says donating because SRS is a Visco girl. I only learned that term because uh, my wife teaches kids, and they – Bring up the Visco Girl term all the time, so the youngins will know what I'm talking about. Nobody else. But let's go ahead and talk about it. AEW Dynamite will get Alex to chime in here and there. Uh, but kicks off with Tony Schiavone shown at the airport where Dustin Rhodes and Cody exit a plane. Cody and Schiavone walk to a car while talking about Cody's upcoming match with Chris Jericho. Warren, what did you think of this? It seemed to me like they were framing... Tony Schiavone almost as to Cody what JR was to Austin for all those years. Uh, that's actually I see I hadn't thought of that. That's really a good uh, that's that's a good perspective on things. Um, I you know I I, I think well uh, ultimately the angle would play out and we'd understand why we had all these backstage cameras. You know, um, I'm it confused me a little because I'm not quite sure. Uh, other than the fact that they wanted to really establish that there was a relationship between Shivani and the Rhodes, uh, I didn't quite understand why we were going through Cody arriving on a private jet with Dustin. And um, it seemed a little heavy handed for me personally. Yeah, I agree. It seemed like I, I don't want to say it seemed like it added too much gravity to the situation, but it seemed like it was it was being over dramatized. What did yes. you think about the highlights that were shown? And uh, I want Alex's thoughts on this. I'm sure you saw the intro, correct, Alex? 
Yeah, I saw the I saw the intro. Um, I, I, I saw it, specifically yeah. Tony Khan's on screen kind of <laughs> debut, very Vince Russo ish in WCW, and I'm not saying that as like an insult or anything. He isn't an on screen character visually, but you see his name. There's no mistaking who he is. You hear his voice, Alex. What do you think about that? As he rules that the Moxley match with uh, the Moxley match with uh, Dan. Omega. Omega is a lights out match. Um, well, one, I like that this is kind of their thing. That they this is the lights out thing. Um, I think it's kind of their hardcore division. Are we joined by Broken Matt Hardy on the show right now? <laughs> I've got all sorts of costume changes all throughout the evening. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Continue. That's no, all right. Uh, I like the lights out thing, uh, but I also I think it's cool to the idea that that. Um, we all like, especially AEW fans are hip. They know what's going on, uh, so they understand con- Tony Khan's behind this whole thing, uh, and it kind of it's kind of a cool way to like have him there as part of it without him having to be like, I don't know, like a Stephanie McMahon character who comes out and makes the whole thing about themselves. Like he's just there. We know he's pulling the strings. He's got a lot of uh, he's he's controlling the money, all that stuff. But it doesn't have to be like a thing where he's there all the time. I like this use of him, especially if it's a thing that only happens, you know, every month or so. How about you? I really, I really liked just to jump in. I really, really liked uh, Moxley's motivation, though. Like he was like, you know, you want me to fight your boy, your golden boy, and you're not even going to make it count. God damn, I like that. It was so, so good. Like, there's no reason that this that this match should be unsanctioned. So, of course, it's going to piss him off. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic stuff. It made a lot of sense, and it helped further that character of, like, Moxley believes that the system is against him, just like it always has been, and he feels like all of those, those grievances that he had in WWE, maybe they're starting to play themselves out yet again here because he's mm-hmm. being backed into this corner. Uh, Shane Haas says, Warren's shirt is unbearable. Oh, very clever. Very clever. Aaron J's fan says, AEW versus NXT or Sixers versus Wolves? Who wins? Sixers versus Wolves. Ben Simmons might get suspended until the All-Star break. I'm delegating to Jeremy Lambert on that. But Alex, quickly, do you think that Ben Simmons asked Latrell Sprewell to use his finish? (laughs) I mean, as far as I know, uh, Latrell Sprewell was hands around the throat. This was a rear naked choke. Like this, that, he man, this was uh, this was going the extra mile. Better I go and ask Taz. Then Taz is going to be yeah. pissed. Young yeah, Bibby says he took, took his finisher. Young Bibby, we do see your super chat. We will uh, answer that on the NXT portion of the review. By the way, but we got kicked off tonight uh, with Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, the the big thing I took from this. One, first match that the inner circle has lost since they formed. <laughs> Hangman Page wins with a buckshot lariat. I love that he won with the buckshot lariat. You got to establish moves like this. Early on, you see AEW doing a lot of the things because obviously they all watch our podcast. That's definitely right. why they're doing sure. it. But a lot of the things that we mention as like quick, easy fixes to help make a show more unpredictable, they're doing. Warren, your thoughts on this and the finish? Uh, I, I've always liked the buckshot lariat more than the, uh, what is it? The rite of passage. Uh, I always liked that one much, much more. It's much more explosive works better for a baby face as well. It works really, really well. It just comes out of nowhere to coin a, 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 a phrase. I love it. And, and the way the match ended with Guevara hitting the ropes and, uh, and bouncing back and, uh, hangman flipping over for the, for the, the timing was perfect. I thought this match was okay. I, I don't know. I thought Guevara was a little on the soft side tonight. He wasn't as crisp. He wasn't. I don't know if it was a question of, well, I'm losing the match, so I don't really care. I don't know. Like, I don't know how how much I'm I'm, I'm trying to read into it. But there was there was he was off tonight. Didn't think it was didn't think it was his best performance. Match was fine. Uh, Page looked like a looked like a hero, which he has to be if he's going to face pack again. I thought that the comparison from Jim Ross to uh, of Sammy Guevara to Eddie Guerrero was quite an endorsement. A young Eddie Guerrero, that is. Uh, I like that. After the match, yep. Hangman Page grabs a microphone, says things haven't been going well for him lately, but tonight felt good, and he'll do some cowboy stuff at AEW full gear by taking Pac's <laughs> head off. 
Uh, we got the unfortunate news this week that Hunter Horse Helmsley passed away. The horse that uh, Paige rode to the ring at Double or Nothing, Alex. Did you see Sammy's tweet? I didn't. You'll be seeing that horse soon, Adam. Mm. Like, like he, he threatened to murder Hangman Page so he could be reunited with his he horse. He should have just said something about glue. That would have been better. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hannah Moore says, Warren, straight out of the nativity scene. Well, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I'm very... I've got multiple costume changes, multiple influences going on tonight. Uh, you know, you never know what like happened. You're doing the Lady Gaga. I appreciate it. Shauna against Hikaru Shida. Now, man, this this was a good match, and mm-hmm. Shayna was great. But and I'm reserving judgment, Warren, on the 12 minute enhancement match because, as far as we know, she Shayna isn't signed, but she looked very good. And the reason I'm reserving judgment, because a lot of people will say, well, if this were WWE, you'd crap on it. Well, here's the thing. This is a brand new product. I'm going to give them time to see if this, if they do things differently, if things hash out a little bit differently. Ideally, I don't see, I guess, the benefit for AEW in having a 12-minute enhancement match outside of maybe it's less predictable this way. And I'm okay with that, too. I don't necessarily want to feel like every time I watch an enhancement match, I know how long it'll last. I'll know the level of competition, any of that. Also, this does wonderful things for her in the future. She got some good real estate on this show, Warren. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the see, um, you would think that that they probably have plans for her because otherwise it doesn't make sense to have set, to have had such a long match. You have Sheeta come out; she's a commodity. Uh, fans know who she is. Have her come out, have her uh, kick her ass, and then thank you, good night. Add a few extra minutes to the main event. Uh, but um, uh, but other than that, I mean, I mean, look at look at NXT when they have enhancement matches. Uh, they're usually longer. It's not necessarily they're usually competitive, and usually the guy or the girl who's supposed to go over will. Have her ass or his ass beat a little bit before we actually get to the finish. So to me, there was nothing really out of the ordinary. But the only thing that was really surprising is that we, you know, they said uh, the, a new, the newest arrival here in the AEW women's division, Shauna. Okay, that's fine. That's if if that is something that they want to do moving forward, I'm cool with that. But you know, call me old school here, but. Uh, and maybe because I'm aware of Sheeta's uh, previous work, I just would have had her, had her come in and kick some ass, and that'd be that. Yeah, I thought that would be the best way to establish her on TV. Uh, they did put over that she is committed to AEW. She's moved to the States. She's She has a go. bank account. She has, she a, has bank a bank account. account. I was like, man, honestly, a lot of our viewers do not have a bank account. They're, they're, <laughs> they're using the reloadable visas for sure. There ain't nothing wrong with that, my friends. But Hikaru Shida ain't messing with the green dot. She is not messing with it. No, She's no, got, she, I, I'm pretty sure she got a free toaster for opening that savings account, yeah. too. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> she she looked great. Uh, my only qualm is the Del Rio stomp spot makes everyone look stupid. Yep, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But uh, she did get an MK Ultra in, which is fantastic. Uh, the deadlift suplex off the second uh, rope, bringing Shauna back into the ring. That was cool. Uh, I don't. I, I'd like to get your thought on this, Sean. I kind of felt like the Falcon Arrow was supposed to be the finish, yeah, but I then they do. ran into something else. I kind of felt like something might have happened here. Yeah, I always was- think the Falcon Arrow should be the finish, uh, but <laughs> yeah. It- it seemed like it was, and then she went to the the running knee strike instead. And I, honestly, if I were her, I'd probably use the Falcon Arrow as the finish here. That's that's what I would go with. Uh, Eloquent brings up the crowd was super hot tonight. Really added to the show. It always adds to the show. And I gotta say, we've had the benefit of most major wrestling shows having crowds that are better of late, even if they're inconsistently better. Like usually, for at least one match on Raw, the crowd is hot. Uh, or we're seeing that. But I, I like Sheeta versus Shayna. Uh, it's just a little bit confusing, but we'll see how it ends up. Chris Van Vliet looking like a million bucks out there. 
new Cincinnati resident Chris Van Vliet. As if it wasn't hard enough for me to get video interviews anyway. Now the guy lives an hour from me. Thanks, Chris. Hope to see him soon. Uh, a good friend of Fightful. But he's interviewing the Rock and Roll Express. And I thought this was a great way to use them, guys. Uh, Proud and Powerful, which I think is a dog shit name. Bad name. Yep. Lame name. Uh, a less threatening name. Though I'm pretty sure if they were kicking the shit out of me, I would think different. They <laughs> just beat down uh, Morton and Gibson and the Young Bucks run them off. I thought this was a great use of the Rock and Roll Express, Warren. This is how you uh, use nostalgia acts. And it's – look, I mean this was fantastic. I yeah, like the idea that they brought out the uh, the veterans to present the belt, good, you know, the good, nice touch. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there was no reason for Ricky Morton to take the bump that he took. No reason, but he did it. And it's fantastic because it does put Santana and Ortiz over as a couple of dicks. Like totally. Yes. But here's the two points I want to bring out. The first one, the rock and roll express in 2019, Sean Ross Sapp, Alex Pulowski have been on NW or are going to be on NWA television, have been on AEW, have been on in Game Changer Wrestling on a Joey Janela show. I mean, this has been wild. And I think they've even been in Ring of Honor, if I'm not mistaken. In 2019. That's crazy. Second thing that I just want to bring up real quickly like this, but you know, they had uh they had Bret Hart come out to introduce the uh to present the 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 world championship title. They had the uh, Rock and Roll Express with the tag team titles. No women's veterans, right, for the women's belt. It was just sort of put on a mantle and, hey, here's what it looks like kind of thing. I yeah. just want to point that out. Yeah. Um, the thing I would like to point out from this beatdown was that it was done via a sock full of nickels, which is the best old school, like, back alley thing. Like, because <laughs> if. Because if a, if a cop pulls you over, he's like, what? I, I Sometimes I step in muddy puddles, so I need an extra pair of socks. Also, I'm going to do my laundry later, which is why I'll have all this change. I'm certainly not going to combine the two and then beat up an old man, officer. Why would I do that? That's insane. So it's a really good uh, mode of delivering a beatdown. I respect that. Also, you're in Charleston, West Virginia. So, like, they cut to the crowd, and they were really concerned about <laughs> Morton. Like, like... 65% of that audience is basically the uh, it's still real to me, damn it, guy. And like, so, I mean, I, I went to grad school in West Virginia. Like, that's north of Charleston, but I've been through Charleston. Those people love their wrestling, old school wrestling. Oh, yeah. They love a good heel work. But then again, Ricky Morton's 63 years old. I mean, you know, regardless of whether you think it's real or not, there's still something concerning about it. Certainly. But they cut to a man in the audience who I thought must have been Ricky's child with the <laughs> amount of concern he had on his face. Guys, make sure you all check out Jeremy Lambert's AEW Power Rankings every Thursday evening. These are a great, humorous, and totally legitimate look at the AEW Power Rankings. They go up earlier that day on FightfulSelect.com for Tier 2 members. Uh, you guys are going to want to be giving Jeremy Lambert a follow. You're going to see him more on the podcast. I always give him uh, first dibs on a lot of the fill-in stuff, and he is uh, our top news writer, quite frankly, on the wrestling end. A guy that I'm hoping helps me run Fightful for years to come, but uh, he's also going to be at StarCast at Full Gear, and we are both going to be at WrestleCade next month. So you guys are going to be seeing a lot out of Jeremy Lambert. He has interviews coming up with uh, Ricky Starks, with Richard Holiday. Lots of good stuff coming up from Jeremy Lambert. Do yourself a favor. Give him a follow. He is an incredibly hardworking dude. QT Marshall's a hardworking dude, helping AEW behind the scenes and doing the yob on TV with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, this was... AEW's tie-in to Rick and Morty. This is another one of those things where people are saying, well, if they were raw, then you'd crap all over it. Well, I don't know, because I don't know how WWE would do it, because usually when WWE would do it, it wouldn't be against three enhancement talents, Warren. It'd be against, yep. like, the Legion of Doom and Draws or somebody like that. Like, somebody worth protecting to some degree. Like, but Orange Cassidy is impossibly over, just impossibly over 
and I didn't really have a problem with this at all. There is no reason to protect John Silver, QT Marshall, and Alex Reynolds. I'm fine with this. I'm okay with it too. Because I'm also okay with the with the Thanksgiving bash that happens every year on WWE. I'm okay with it because it's just stupid. You know, it's just it's just silly, silly stuff. I kind of freaked out for a second when I heard Justin Roiland starting to introduce the the, the best friend. I was like, oh my god, is he there? Because I'm a big, big fan of Justin Roiland, but he wasn't was taped. Um but I like I thought it was okay as well. I, I don't have a problem with it. It was inoffensive. It was dumb. It was silly. It was there, like you said, the tie-in. I'm wondering how much those turnbuckles, those wicked mortar turnbuckles, are going to go for on eBay. But the my problem here, Sean, was Jr. Who I thought was ha- I thought I think he had a miserable day today because he for the, at least for the first hour of the show he was miserable throughout. And he was unable to put this match over. He even said at some point, well, we're probably going to get a wrestling match out of this eventually. And as much as Orange Cassidy is over with the crowd, he is unable, unable to say something positive about Orange Cassidy. He doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. Yeah, I like watching Rich and Marty. It's not that, Jim. Like, your age is so incredibly showing. And he did kind of the same thing with uh, uh, Sh- uh, Shauna and, and uh, uh, um, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. And Sheeta, excuse me. Uh, earlier when you said, well, you know, I, I never saw Shauna or I never watched her wrestle. Goddamn, man. This is your job. This is exactly what you do. You're supposed to at least watch two or three YouTube videos of these people that you're supposed to be uh, putting over and hyping. And one last thing, everyone on Twitter who comes after me and says, well, JR was right. JR should, you know, he was right. This was crap. It's not JR's job to tell us that the stuff that he's working for is crap. That's, That's what the internet is for. That's what Twitter is for. That's your job. AEW fan. That's what you're supposed to do. JR should not be sitting in a booth telling us that what we're watching right now is not worth it because you know what was happening at the same time that this match was going on? Kabuki Warriors versus Team Kick on NXT. Yep. So anyone who was like, yeah, you're right, JR. This sucks. I'm going to go see what the other product is doing. They were in for a treat in the meantime, and that would have been all on JR's fault. Yeah, I agree. It's... It's like an inverse that'll put butts in the seats thing. And you know what? I love JR's podcast. I think it's uh, amazingly sure. entertaining. But I'm completely with you. And a lot of people say, oh, Orange Cassidy's so bad. He's the worst thing. Nobody sells his light offense. Nope. Nobody sells his light offense. Tommy Dreamer immediately threw him out of a battle royal. The Young yep. Bucks immediately kicked him. Then, when he actually does something, it is effective. I'm okay with it. Rob Wilkins says, I'll fight Embiid, boot to the face, and a sharpshooter. I bet you will, Rob. I bet you will, buddy. Contract signing time. Jericho comes out to the stage. Cody and Tony Schiavone show up. There's this weird thing of Schiavone, like, giving Cody advice and all the... It felt a little too sentimental, but... Do you know what, you know what the, the callback is? There's, a, there's specific callbacks with this storyline to, to WCW stuff from from almost 30 years ago. This one of Shivani and, and Cody in the back of the limo is taken directly from Starcade 93 with Mean Gene and Ric Flair in the limo heading to Starcade because Ric Flair's career was on the line versus Vader. And they were all talking about, hey, so tell me more about stuff that happened in your life. And Ric Flair's all wistful. Like, that's a, like it's a direct callback from that. They're doing some interesting stuff from like, not just like WCW, like Nitro era, but like, Predating Nitro, yeah. like classic WCW. It's pretty interesting. I, if they're doing the JR Austin type of thing, I'm fine with that because JR said he's not getting involved physically at all. But uh, Jericho comes out, talks some trash. He's wearing his his pumpkin gear. Alex, please stop shifting so I don't have to change your shot. For the love of God. For the love of God. Jericho <laughs> signs the contract, and uh, they come face-to-face as Shivani and the lawyer leave. 
They shake hands, and Cody pulls Jericho closer to him. But Sammy shows up on the big screen, and Jake Hager's out there beating up Dustin Rhodes. Not just beating up Dustin Rhodes, kneeing him in the ball sack, just like he did his opponent at Bellator last weekend. They slam uh, Dustin into the limo. Uh, They smash the car door in the arm of him. Cody shows up with MJF and others. The inner circle leaves. Dug this angle. I, I thought it was good. It it is a callback to WCW as well because they've done this or NWA. Warren, your thoughts? Uh, I I the 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 parking lot uh, attack was great. I uh, laughed out loud when uh, when good old uh, Jack started or Jake started uh, uh, groining. Uh, um, uh, Dustin, I thought it was fantastic. I, like, that's what he had to do, really. Like that's what what, it, what he had to do. So it kind of makes me wonder, you know, was the Bellator match a work? And I like uh, even commentary even put over the fact he's never been defeated in MMA. True, <laughs> you know, yeah. true. Um, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you, uh, and you know, anyone who 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 watches my own show uh, on YouTube knows. I am not a fan of contract signings. I think they're I think they're dull. It's the same same pattern over and over again. I and I always always see it as lazy creative. So I was not excited when they dis, when AEW announced it. I was not excited when they said we're going to have real lawyers. I'm like, "My god, are they like are we going to go through the minutia of the contract on air now? This is this is even going to be worse." And I mean, they did a contract signing and I would, I held my breath, and I was like, maybe you know, AW they want to do things differently. They want to try stuff out. Maybe they're going to flip the script on the contract signing. Maybe they're going to do something. But no, despite the fact that they are trying to push a more sports, real sports theme, even here they're going to announce main events for their pay per view before the contract is actually signed, Sean. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. I call it out for WWE. Well, goddamn, I'm going to call it out for AEW. Contract signings don't work. It's lazy creative. It's boring. It's stupid. Well, we also saw it was coming when the Elite beat Kip Sabian and the Hybrid 2. The Hybrid 2 are what they are. They are there to have high-flying, interesting matches and probably get beat. We knew the result of this one. Uh, Proud and Powerful attacked the Bucks after this. Warren, how'd you feel if this one turned out? Uh, this was fine. This was fine. I thought I actually thought Jack Evans had one of his best showings so far. He was on fire. Flying Tiger Space Drop. He did that really, really nice springboard moonsault off the back of Nick Jackson, who was in a fireman's carry onto the floor, onto Matt, onto the outside. I thought that was fantastic. This was fine. It was it was the it literally was the spot fed the spot fest match. It was it was fine. Loved uh, Kenny Omega's entrance, calling back to my Undertale, one of my favorite video games. Shout out to all our Undertale peeps in the chat. This was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, I loved the entrance. It was great. The match was fine, and like you said, I mean, this was to be expected. It was fine. Yeah, there, there wasn't much to this. Uh, Alex, did you get to see much of this one? Yeah, I mean, it was again, it was fine. I, I, I what I loved particularly about Jack Evans is the way that where he takes the. Um, yeah, Omega's finisher, like he was passed out on his shoulders and kind of like slumped forward, so it was easier for Omega to reach up and get behind his head. Like that little amount of that makes it a little bit more believable of a move for Omega to reach up and get behind the guy when the guy up on up on his shoulders is already basically passed out from the V trigger. It, it adds a little something more believable to it. I, I I thought this was all fine and well and good, and you know the young bucks start to dress up as Ken and Ryu again. Yeah, Peter Avalon. Uh, by the way, problem powerful attack the Bucks after this. Uh, Peter Avalon and Leva Bates make their way to the ring to make fun of the fans. Moxley comes out and attacks. I'm so, like, I thought the librarian thing was a little bit of fun, little bit funny when it first started. After that that match on AEW Dark, I don't need to see Leva wrestling or at least longer than one minute. Doesn't need to happen. She can do what this character, whatever. I I don't need to see it. Peter Avalon's real good, and he's worked really hard, and hopefully he gets something better than this, but this was fine. Moxley beat him up and said that, uh, he talked about how 
He's been held down and insulted by suits throughout his career. We, we spoke about this earlier. We also saw a, a vignette that Brandy worked on personally, I believe. Sort of like a, a horror movie style vignette. W- what were your thoughts on this one? <laughs> I can't even emulate that face. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. I, I, <laughs> I think she's. Uh, I think she's joining the Dark Order, Sean. That's the only explanation <laughs> I have. Oh. Uh, she, uh, she and Awesome Kong are into voodoo. I don't get it. I don't know what they're going to where they're going with this, but oh boy, they're treading on some very, very. Uh, they're they're treading on a very tight rope. They sure are. I don't know what to make of that, but I'm willing to see what it does or what they do. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat if you're watching live. Get your AEW questions in. Uh, while we're still around for it. But AEW World Tag Team Title Tournament Finals. Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, SCU, your first champions defeating the Lucha Bros. I'll ask uh, Alex first off, what do you think of the decision to make SCU the first champs? I have no problem with SCU being the first champs. I have a problem with the way the match ended after such an amazing tournament with all these amazing matches. With so Even this match... So many uh, awesome high-flying spots and great athleticism and small package. And I don't know if it was done to, like, protect both teams. If so, come on. It's a tag team tournament. Um, But I I don't know if it was done because they were running out of time. Like, apparently the match ended at, like, 9.59. If so, learn how to schedule your matches better. Yeah. But it was, the I mean, for a a tag team tournament where you're crowning your first ever champs, which means in 20 years, if you're still around, there's going to be a highlight package of how the first tag team champs became the first tag team champs, and how did they do it? Small package. Like you, I, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have something kind of. They have great finishing maneuvers. Uh, SCU does to, to have it be small package seemed like very anticlimactic. I, I don't have as much of a problem with that. Like I think back to Bret Hart beating Diesel with a small package, like. It's happened plenty, and to me, like I, I know that a lot of people in wrestling look at that as like, oh, they're protecting somebody. To me, getting pinned is getting pinned, especially when it's clean. Mm-hmm. The point of the match is to put their shoulders on the mat and beat them. Scorpio Sky, I don't think it's an accident that that uh, he got the pinfall worn. He has nope. been the star of this like this act of, over the last several weeks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially since uh, since Daniels has not been there, because Daniels is, you know, you could argue that Daniels is the attraction of the three, uh, but Sky Sky's the guy. Uh, and I agree. This was uh, this was all about him getting uh, getting the uh, the pinfall. Uh, I, you know, I, I I'm a, I'm 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 with uh, Alex on this one. We've had a fantastic tournament. All the tag team matches that we had last week on on Dynamite were exactly that. They were dynamite. They were all really, really good. Uh, and this one sort of, it, I don't know, something. There was just something missing. It was it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, but it felt a little anticlimactic for a big conclusion for a big big match and i get what you're saying as well sean regarding the small package but we are so used to the lucha bros and a guy like scorpio sky and the way that the whole tag team division is built to have these incredible spots flying around everywhere it really felt like a okay okay sure you know it just felt like an odd thing it seemed like the crowd was happy that 
that this team won, but the method, they were like, ah, really? Sure. And and I know that nobody wants to get used to a small package. Nobody looks at a small package and says, wow, that's sexy. There's just something <laughs> about a small package that just might not might not deliver that climax <laughs> that you're looking for. Do you see what I'm getting at, guys? Do you understand? Yeah. No, so it's, if it's you don't want to deal with the subtle, but yeah, I understand. Yeah, do you if you want to deal with a much larger package, well then subscribe to fightfulselect.com because we have a great package of shows for you. Two episodes per week of Alex Palowski's Sour Graps. Every week I'm doing the Fightful Backstage Report podcast where I give you behind the scenes news, I give you exclusives on our interviews, injury updates, stats, contract updates. Every week Steven Jensen comes at you with the Fightful Weekender podcast. You may say, why don't you, why don't you review Impact or Excess or how about Ring of Honor or how about Beyond or how about NXT UK or 205? Well, you know what? Steven Jensen runs down all of that every week on the Weekender podcast. Also, we have our Listing Your Boy post show. The list goes on. Every single week. That's in addition to all the news you're going to get there early. Then if you go one tier up, you get like all of our interviews early, all of our features and columns early. It's a great deal. And it's not a small package. It's a big, fat, sweaty, beautiful, girthy, just package. It's amazing. WWE NXT October 30th. Our first super chat came from. Uh, I want to make sure to say the name. These people are are uh, throwing down the bucks. So young Bibby says, "Shouldn't Bianca Belair be a babyface and Rhea a heel?" Warren, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't think Bianca should be a babyface. I really don't. Uh, and uh, Rhea, look, uh, Rhea was a heel in NXT UK. She did it great, but she when she landed in NXT people just went bananas for her. she like she was instantly over so if the plan was for her to be a heel uh, you have to pivot because full sale just went completely bananas when she arrived and she's been getting great reactions since it's a good call i'm okay with it i'm absolutely okay with it alex uh no she's definitely been the babyface since she showed up and and i don't think there was even a plan for her to even be kind of a heel because the first thing she did when she showed up was walked up to Shayna Baszler, the heeliest heel of all heels, and said, "Listen, bitch, you never beaten me." That's that's as as much of a badass babyface thing as, as anyone's ever done in in, uh, in that arena. I would agree. Uh, NXT underway. Poppy does a performance. I thought a pretty damn good one too. This is a oh, great yeah. intro. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Also, kind of cool if they kept her after they had that that integration with her earlier. In the year, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. There were some spots in this one that I just didn't think hit quite right. It was a little bit off, but still, two fantastic performance or two fantastic performers who have been all over this show since it's been on USA. It seems like every single week they are involved in multiple angles. It feels that way at least, and uh, they're about to get a big opportunity. Alex Io Shirai gets the win after Candice LeRae moonsaults onto a chair. Yeah, this was one of those. This is one of those things where I was just like, uh, I thought ref's discretion was AEW's thing. When 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 Io brings brings the chair in and the ref stops her from using the chair, like hitting Candice with it, but then leaves the chair in the middle of the ring. Usually the ref, when they take the chair, tosses it out, out of the ring. Even a glitchy 2K ref gets rid of the, the chair. <laughs> exactly. So I was I was like, I mean, those refs levitate. At least they know what to do with a chair. So <laughs> I, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought that, that when, when, once I saw that the ref didn't get rid of the chair, I was like, oh, that chair is fi- figuring into the finish. Um, I, I, I think it's a, 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 a slick way to get um, – to get EO a clean win without it being really that clean, so it also protects Candace. But none of this matters because, as we'll find out later in the night, we're going to get a female war games. So all these all these things, no one's going to come out of there one hundred percent, and so everyone's going to lose and win on their way toward that match. It's going to be a lot of fun. After the match, EO attacks Candace. She's run off by Rhea Ripley. 
Uh, a rematch between Pete Dunne and Damian Priest is announced for um, the next week's show uh, before Finn Balor comes to the ring to address his attack on Johnny Gargano. Finn says that he's the hottest thing in the business right now and everybody has their opinions, but uh, he says that there's too many fans in the locker room and that he doesn't watch the business. The business watches him. I, I love the line about uh, losing to a guy in a mask and how that person was the hottest thing in wrestling and now he took off his mask and he's the hottest thing in wrestling. Alex, this I think is probably Finn Balor's best promo since he's been under WWE contract. Oh, I, I love this badass heel Finn Balor. I think that's that's all great. It's a lo- there's a lot of like shooty shoot type stuff that he's like, I had to lay down for the dude in the mask. You know, because he's he's the hottest thing now because yeah. he put on a mask. I'm like, well, I mean, he should not have said res- lay down. It's wrestling, dude. Like, I mean, yeah. What 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 that gave you is the opportunity to come back here where you're going to be utilized way better than you were ever going to be utilized on the main roster, quote unquote main roster. So it's actually a gift that you got to get. Like, but whatever. Just I mean, I understand you can't put it that way, but it's an interesting way that, that they have him say that. Which is like a shot at their own sister brand within the whole. It's weird, um, but uh, yeah, I thought the promo as a whole was great. Um, I think there's still more to this story with with Finn and Johnny. I think the whole thing is obvious that it was like Finn left and he felt unappreciated on the main roster. Felt maybe kind of cursed. Like as soon as he got his title, he had to go on the shelf for a year. And meanwhile, he's sitting there watching the rise of this guy, Johnny Gargano. Everyone says he's the greatest NXT champ, uh, underdog, blah, blah, blah. And like, no, 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 that's me. This guy's not what I was. I'll prove it. I feel like there's more story to be told there, but I like they didn't tell all of it right now. Yeah, I thought this was pretty strong. Warren, how much of this did you see? Uh, I, I saw him speak, but I didn't hear because I was focused on on AEW, but well, uh, well, then piss off, then. How about that? How about that, Warren? How do you feel? I feel, I feel like I was doing my job watching AEW. God damn it! No, but I do like I do like the idea. I, 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 I just I, feel like that's what people want me to say to you when you dare <laughs> not be able to see two things at once. No, but the, the, the Finn thing is fantastic. And, uh, I, I mean, it's more than just him being moved around. This is a re, this is a reinvention. We're going back to basics as far as Finn Balor goes. We're going back to Prince Devitt. It, I'm excited for it. I think it's a smart move to put him in with Johnny Gargano because honestly, what would you have done with, what, what do you do with Johnny Gargano in NXT right now? Put Champa, I, we're just out of Adam Cole. You can't put him back with Champa yet. Champa is uh, he's babyface. It's fine. We can't go back to that well just yet. Who 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 else was it? I mean, it, it, I think it's a great uh, series of circumstances that have led us to this uh, to this point here. It's it's fantastic. I'm all for it. I love it. Bronson Reed defeats Shane Thorne. I did not like the chop battle. It got a little eh, but no. the German suplex, no. the reverse pile driver. I'm all for that man. All for that. I, I didn't really have a problem with this match, especially that German suplex. Who oh boy, Alex. Yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, German suplex was great. Uh, I loved uh, the, <laughs> that. I love that, that Bronson Reed's up on the top rope, and Shane Thorne says he's going to do a Hurricane Rana, and, and, and <laughs> Bronson just noped him. He just said, nope, you're not doing that, <laughs> and then hit the splash. This is why I tweeted this out. I think the thing I love about NXT the most is that they're mid-card guys all feel like with a little nudge, not a huge push, a little nudge, they'd be in a month believable title contenders. All these guys, even Brunson Reed, who we just saw lose a whole bunch of matches. When he won tonight, I was like, I mean, win next week and win the week after, and all of a sudden, you're, you you could be in a position where I'd be like, you know who needs a title shot? That Brunson Reed guy. Yeah. Even though he's probably three and eight, but the way that they, they keep all their guys Looking really good, even in losses, means that all they got to do is win a couple matches in a row, and immediately I start thinking, hey, this got, there's something here. They could do that with literally 15 guys who aren't anywhere near a title scene, but could be if they just give them a little nudge. Well, uh, Team Kick, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai were in the title scene. They lost to the Kabuki Warriors. 
Kabuki Warriors are getting really clever with how they hide the green mist. That's so good. It and a lot, a lot of people will say, oh, well, the ref can clearly see it. And I'm like, yeah, by the time it's too late, they can. Uh, I would like to see a ref like, kind of wise up and then find a way to go around that somehow. I would just love that. I think eventually the way that you do that is Asuka fainting like she's going to spit it at somebody, but then holding up when they duck. Then she gets hit in the mouth and accidentally sprays Kyrie, and that's how they eventually lose the titles. But this was good. This was championship quality, Alex. Championship quality. Good stuff. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox gain in losing. Yes. And that's not easy to do. Let me know what you uh, think. This this was, uh, I think, uh, by far, the best women's tag match since the straps were introduced. Like, they, 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 you know, that Bailey and Sasha really never defended it against anybody. And then they, they lost it uh, to, to the Iconics, who literally never defended it against anybody. And then the, the Nikki Cross and, and Aleska Bispozov was good, but not this. And this is what happens when you put the tag straps on Asuka and Kairi Sane, who, by the way, they had a highlight package of them earlier in the evening. And the highlight package was set to some, like, Japanese version of Paramore, like a girl rock band. Yeah. And it was really good. And I was like, why isn't this their official theme as opposed to the, here's Kyrie Sane's for 15 seconds, and here's Asuka's for 12 seconds, and here's Kyrie Sane's they, for 8 seconds. They find a way to make two songs that are good suck real bad. So just find yeah. a way to get something that actually works for both of them. Anyway, the match was phenomenal. I loved all of it. As you said, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Looked great in defeat, but Asuka and Kyrie saying, listen, until you find them, like a real team, like like that has that is gelled and is great as as good as Asuka and Kyrie, keep the belts on Asuka and Kyrie for a damn year. Let them let them let them defend against all comers, but until they, they have up they're up against a real great team. Not just like, hey, Charlotte and Natty got a shot this week. Oops, they won. No, it's got to be like Asuka and Kyrie are are juggernauts as tag as a tag division. I loved it. Shane Haas says Balor is pointing the guns again. Any chance we see the OC in NXT or even Tama Tonga? I figured if they did the OC, it would have been for War Games. I really thought it would have been that. Uh, right now, Tama Tonga is an IWGP Tag Team Champion, so I'd I'd be surprised and. He seems to be very happy over there, or at least was as of a couple of years ago, passed up talking to WWE. So after the match, the Horsewomen come out and attack Tegan and Dakota Kai before Shayna goes to stomp on the elbow of Knox, but is interrupted by Rhea Ripley. EO shows up, Bianca shows up, Candice shows up, lots of people show up. William Regal comes out onto the scaffolding, which I love. I love that spot. Makes the first ever Women's War Games match. Warren, we got women's war games. I love it. What do you think of this decision? Look at the teams. Look at the teams. If this is not like your woman's dream match right now, it's fantastic. Of course it's great. Are you kidding me? And you have women who are in there who are tough as nails. And uh, like Io Shirai, Candice, uh, and, and even Shayna at this point. She's been through stuff. Um the, there's women here who are unafraid to put their bodies in peril for our entertainment. I am so looking forward to this. You cannot believe it. It's and and I was really excited that they announced it. I was hoping they would. I'm really glad they went with it. I love William Regal on the top, like on the scaffolding on his balcony overlooking his minions. I love the the visual of it. It's fantastic. It's a great spot. This, great, yeah. great stuff. I love everything about this. Also, it needs, it needs to be pointed out how great uh, William Regal is at saying the word war games. <laughs> war games. Like it's just it's just so great. War games. It's great. Um it's now, had a lot of practice. <laughs> um I I'm um I'm I agree with you, Tegan, to a uh, Tegan, what am I saying? Uh Warren <laughs> to a Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, um uh Candice LeRae, Io, Io Shirai, obviously, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, absolutely. 
Jessamine Duke and Marisha Fear at this point not necessarily along the same lines. So is is like, this yet? Is this like, four on four, five on five? It appears to be five on five, but the fifth um, member of Rhea Ripley's team has not been announced yet because they were there were four in the ring with Rhea and five on the outside because Bianca had joined EO along with the four, the three horsewomen. Now, my my thought is the obvious choice among current NXT people is Mia Yim, which would be fine to join up with Rhea, but who it should be is a surprise announcement, and Rhea says, "I know who I want." I had so I went to war with this woman a few times, and out comes Tony Storm, and that's how you introduce yeah. her in NXT in NXT proper. I think that's what they could do, but they also could do Mia Yim. And let me be clear: if it's Mia Yim, I have no problem with it. But they have an opportunity to like make a new star in in, in NXT U, US well, I should by bringing sp- over Tony Storm. I should specify the the last two have been four on four, so it is entirely possible that they're just like. Okay, one of the horsewomen have to ride the pine for this one, and they'll they'll use that well, as an advantage, like uh, as like a heat, yeah, heat seeker. Actually, the first one was three on three on three. It was undisputed oh, was it? era. Was that- it, it was undisputed era sanity and, and AOP and Roderick Strong. That's okay, true. you're right. You're right. Uh, my bad. I guess okay. I should that's, die then. That's and fine. I, mean, I you're, should you're, be the ghost. I mean, you're, I guess you're, I'm not hosting the show. No, that's fine. I no mean, fact I, checking no, allowed, listen, Warren. Listen, you're the guy who gets called out on social media by WWE superstars for not doing your research. Well, Warren, you don't get Biggie's nuts on your shoulder, so who wins now? <laughs> Sean Webley says NXT's women's division is stacked. They tricked us. I got. I just gotta say, we've got better heat on this show than Temptation Island, it's and it's and this is a way sexier show. <laughs> oh yeah, way By sexier far. show. Look at these ears. <laughs> uh, something that I'd kind of like to see. Do you guys remember Survivor Series '04? By chance, maybe. Where all the members of the winning team got, like, to manage or general manage Raw for one week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see whoever wins this match, (laughs) that entire team gets a title shot. So Shayna has to compete against her own interests, so to speak. Like, she knows that she's going to have to face these women, but she wants to win. I think that would be a neat little touch to put uh, into there. Jason Check says, can we start calling NXT, NXT Prime? I... I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean, buddy. But up next, Cameron Grimes and that goddamn hat defeated Tyler Bate via pinfall with the cave-in. Go ahead, Warren. I mean, he had the hat. What do you expect? Why do you think he's been coming out week after week? Cameron Grimes, out of the entire... Uh, uh, tournament of uh, I forget what it's called the 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 breakout stars. He's the guy that's been on every week practically since he was on the first show on USA. He was on the first hour, uh, and, and it's the hat. There's nothing else than the hat. It's the magic of the hat. The period. That's why he got interviewed with uh, Tyler Bate because Tyler Bate tried to to mug him and snatch his hat. I, I I will say there's there to be fair, the winner of that tournament has been involved in other things, so it's yeah by default just just saying. Sure. Uh, your thoughts on the match, Alex? Great match. Tyler Bate is incapable of having an uninteresting bad match. Like he always finds great ways. If he loses, if he wins, he always finds amazing stuff to do. Uh, I feel like. He's the kind of guy who's like, hey, we're having a match. Um, there's this thing that you do that I think would be a great counter to this thing that I do. So let's work out that spot. So his rebound lariat into that weird super um, Spanish fly thingy that, that Trevor, Trevor Lee does, Cameron Grimes does. Like that's a kind of a thing that like I love when a specific thing that one guy does is countered perfectly by a specific thing that the other guy does. Like, it's like, it's a match made in heaven. I love those spots. 
there were a few of those tonight. Uh, but but these guys worked really well together. Um, uh, I, I like that Cameron Grimes gets to pick up a win, even if it is via disqual via distraction because he's been losing a lot of matches. But I think that that's it's good. Again, all these guys are at that level where all you got to do is push them a little bit here or there, and all of a sudden they they got a, they got a title shot. So this is really interesting to me uh, where we're going with not necessarily Cameron Grimes because he's just kind of like always there. His hat kind of like gives him a superpower of just like always lurking because it's a very lurky kind of hat. Um, but uh, Bait, uh, Killian Dane, the Pete Dunn stuff that's going to happen next week when Pete Dunn faces uh, Damian Priest. Like I love that there's kind of like all so many combinations in this in this storyline with uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn and Killian Dane and Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes might figure into it more along the way. I love that there's a really cool storyline possibility that has nothing like re- even re- uh, close to regarding any title, but it's totally encased in a really cool um, uh, storyline that can progress week to week to week. As mentioned, Killian Dane caused the distraction and, and allowed for Cameron Grimes to win. Uh, Dane attacks Tyler and tells him to tell Pete that they have unfinished business. And then we get a video package on Angel Garza, and they, they bring up his his family, his, uh, Hector Garza. Uh, I, I like this. Thought it was – I wish they would do it more. Warren, did you get a chance to see this video? I, I, I saw the profile. Yeah, I saw the I, – I saw it go by. Uh, Angel Garza is – he's special. He's, he's, he's just as simple as that. He was in the breakout tournament as well. Uh, and, uh, but he's, he's really, really special. I think this is the kind of wrestler that WWE really, really likes on one end because of his ethnicity. You know, they, they, they do like to, uh, they they do like to push, uh, they do like to push Hispanic wrestlers a little, uh, a little more. And he's got, he's got that thing. He has, he has that connection with the audience that, that you just, that just can't be taught. You just have it or you don't. He's, He's fantastic. A very specific bit that the audience is now waiting for in every match he wrestles, which is the pulling off of the pants. Like mm-hmm. it's he's, like if you have something that you can hook the audience into, where they're waiting for you to do that thing every time you wrestle, you're halfway there. Um, what, what I thought was interesting is this whole thing of like the cruiserweight division is and is on two hundred five live. That's its own thing, but all those guys can wrestle in NXT. And anyone who's in NXT who's under 205 pounds can wrestle on 205 Live. Yeah. Which is which is great. Which makes me wonder why you called up a whole bunch of people from 205 Live to the main roster, like Akira Tozawa, who could be wrestling great matches in NXT, but instead is working main event. Like, did you really need to call him up to work main event? Yeah. Like, there were so many guys on, on 205 Live that can be working these two shows. You don't need to call them up. You can see uh, if you're uh, if you are not familiar with Hector Garza, there's a little bit of his stuff on the network. Uh, I don't know if the Royal Rumble match from '97 is on there or not, but uh, I know he worked a, a Raw match back in the day, like in March of '07. But between December '96 and March of 2007 or '97, he worked a few matches there. And uh, I know that he was he. There's a ton of his WWE st- or WCW stuff. That should be on there between Nitro and some pay-per-views and stuff like that. He was there for on and off for like two years. So worth checking out some of Hector Garza's old stuff too. Josh Field says, how good's Tyler Bate going to be in five years? He's only 22. I'm sure he's going to be even better. The, the, the yeah. only thing that will ever hold him down is his size. That's really it. Yep. Yeah. No, the only thing that will ever hold him down is if he gets to the main roster in five years. And then by that point, a senile Vince will forget he did the Shorty G thing with Gable, and he'll call him Shorty T or Shorty B, depending on what he did. Rob like. Wilkins sent a super chat and said, "Promo for your Arn Anderson shoot interview from Rob." Uh, yeah, my on tier two of Fightful Select, I already have the Arn Anderson interview up. I also got him for making a finisher, which will drop. Who knows when? Whenever I, I see fit, I put a lot of those in the can. But Arn Anderson was a great interview. Talked about producing John Cena's matches. Talked about Carl Anderson and C.W. Anderson using the Anderson name. Uh, talked about a lot of a lot of cool stuff about how he worked not being cleared a couple times in WCW. Like some some really really interesting stuff. Main event: Undisputed Era defeated Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. After the match, we see uh, a lot of a lot of beatdowns towards uh, Matt and Keith Lee. 
You get Champa coming out, making the save, implying that there will be another War Games match. Alex, this main event was as good as expected for amazing talents. What do you think about maybe two War Games? Well, I mean, I, I would I would assume they would have kept the men the men's war games and just added a, uh, the women's match. I didn't think when they said women's war games were like, oh, now no men's then. Um, uh, well, the I speculation mean, to be fair, the last couple of years there haven't been women's war games, but right? But, but what I thought I didn't think they were going to replace it. I thought sure. they were going to add to it. Um, uh, the war games is, is such a great little mini tradition now that NXT has, um, and I, I I I love the idea of of Champa being able to say to Goldie, you got to be patient. Daddy will be home soon, but first I got to destroy these people in, in a cage. Um, and I thought that the and two rings, um, I thought that's, uh, it's really cool, but I, I also love that now it's the, the, that, you know, is this going to be uh three on three rise up and then find it, a way. It could be, it could be three, but there's four of undisputed era. So is there going to be a fourth, with with and my hope is that we get a straight up Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano match at War Games, so those guys aren't part of whatever War Games match we have, which then allows us to have two more spots that open up. So we, what I would love to see is is uh, is uh, Dijakovic um, or Dijakovic, uh, like basically like truce with Keith Lee just so he could beat up Roderick Strong some more. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I loved the riddle Asai Moonsault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always working. a little bit surprised when I see him do stuff. Because the thing is, like, he'll tell me stuff like, or did tell me stuff like, yeah, I can do a 630. And I'm like, yeah, can you really? And then I see him do that stuff. And then I remember also his wife was like a high-level gymnast, like yeah. really, really good. So it's always still a little bit surprising. Warren, uh, your thoughts on the idea of doing maybe two war games? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, we've had two Royal Rumbles for the past couple of years. I'm fine with it. it. It'll be super entertaining. It'll be really refreshing, actually, to see the women to to see the women go go after it. And I think that for the men, they are going to do a four on four thing. Uh, I think it makes sense to keep Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor outside of it. Have it be a marquee match. I think it makes a lot of sense for a takeover. Uh, you put, uh, but. He, you know, commentary at the end where we're saying, you know, who will ever be able to topple the undisputed era, you know, and that's your lead in right there. Well, you got, you know, when uh, when Ultron started pulling out his robots, well, you had to bring out the Avengers. That's what you had to do. So you have to assemble Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and Tommaso Ciampa. And then, you know, you hope that Captain Marvel will come down from the skies and save the day. So that'll be the big surprise. I'm okay with this. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, I, I'm not always so keen on group of guys against Undisputed Era. Like, that's always just been a thing that I always like two strong factions against one another. Yeah. That always just works so be so so great for me. But I thought NXT was a good watch. In one word, Warren, who won NXT <laughs> AEW? NXT. Alex. NXT. You say it with such disappointment, and I'm not going to ask why. I'm not going to ask why, because it was one word. And that's what I like best about this, so people in the comments can speculate. I also think NXT won tonight, and I think they have been pretty consistently. That being said, because it it is my show, I'm going to give more than one word. I don't think that AEW has been a bad show. That's the thing. It's not been a bad show, but there's a lot there's a lot of good wrestling on right now that is not main roster WWE. Between like NWA Power and these two shows, I would not consider AEW Dark a good show as of yet. There's some good stuff on there, but maybe not a great show. Well, Warren, what do you got going on this week besides hanging out with me Friday? Exactly. I'm going to be back here on Friday to talk about uh, Friday Night SmackDown. It's going... Crown Jewel Fallout, Sean. I'm super Boy. excited. Uh, and uh, otherwise, uh, uh, on Thursday, tomorrow evening, you can come join me at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I have my own little uh, wrestling talky talk show, so come check that out. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Alex, tell the people what you do. 
Uh, I do uh, two shows a week covering Raw and SmackDown on my, my own solo show called Sour Graps, uh, where I crap all over the terrible, terrible stuff that they do on Mondays and Fridays. I was telling Warren today, how awesome is it that on Wednesday we, we can look forward to two shows that happen at the same time as opposed to the existential dread that fills me. Every Monday and, and Friday, knowing what I have to look forward that night. Uh, you can follow me at my new Twitter handle, Alex Sour Graps, because it's a lot easier to figure out than Pulowski the Fourth with the numeral yeah. in there somewhere. Uh, so that's good. Uh, also, I got merch. Buy my merch. <laughs> Buy his merch. He gets a cut of it. I don't know what I, amount. But... Daddy gets his beak wet. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely stopped the sh- This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.